on the one hand, it's, it's not just having uh, the platform where you can go and trade. It also needs to give you uh, enough liquidity. And usually we get the, the question of there are many DEXs that are planning to launch on, on Cardano and what is the main differentiation of Cardax. And then we usually say it's, it's that we're focusing on liquidity first, second, and third. Welcome to the Cardano Source Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and on this weekly podcast, I catch up with a range of Cardano innovators, thought leaders, and changemakers who are using Cardano to make an impact within the world of cryptocurrency and beyond. As Charles Hoskinson puts it, we are Cardano, and if you permit us, we'd like to change the world. If that sounds like you, then make sure to subscribe, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Blaine Edwards, and today we are joined by Ryan Morrison, founder of Cardex, a decentralized exchange, aka ADEX, which is currently being built on Cardano. So, Ryan, cheers for coming on the show. Hi, Blaine. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. All right, to start things off, as we normally do, can you please tell a, a little bit of a story about who you are and how you got into this beautiful world of crypto and blockchain and Cardano? Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, so you, you said um, I'm uh, Ryan Morrison. I'm, I'm leading this um, project called Cardex. Um, when I started in the uh, more in the crypto space was... I think it's somewhere around 2014 when I went to mm-hmm. my first uh, uh, Bitcoin um, meetup. Uh, I'm I'm here in the, in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, so I went here to. I remember there were some lunch, and then in the meantime, in the uh, you would just talk to other people, and then see a presentation about a Bitcoin, and then just go back and eat a snack again. And but I enjoyed the the snack, but I really really uh, thought this uh, Bitcoin thing is just, we're going to remain really niche. Uh, it's just like really, uh, it, it looks like a great idea. And I, by then I read the, the um, uh, Satoshi's uh, white paper. And then, but then I thought, yeah, it's a great idea, but they also, uh, for the implementation, it's going to be really difficult. Well, long story short, I couldn't be <laughs> <laughs> worst financial uh, <laughs> decision ever. Yeah, uh, because, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I couldn't be um, more wrong. But um, then, uh, then uh, the years passed, and then uh, until twenty seventeen, yeah. um, and then yeah, the in with the um, bull run, uh, everybody was talking about Bitcoin, and I thought, okay, let's just go back and check. Uh, and then I thought, then I, I already heard by then uh, about uh, uh, Ethereum. Uh, mm-hmm. as well uh, and then what I found then there was interesting is that uh, now there was this uh, kind of evolution the, uh, of uh, uh, where you could actually start building stuff on the blockchain uh, yeah. on uh, decentralized uh, uh, technology so um, uh, then I thought that was very interesting but I was kind of late to that, that uh, as well so then I thought like who else is doing something like uh, these guys of uh, Bitcoin and then I came across uh, Cardano and, and Charles Hoskinson's uh, whiteboard uh, video. Whiteboard, yeah, classic. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like uh, I think October uh, 2017. So Cardano had just launched, I think, a month before. Wow! That. So was, you're kind yeah. of really on the ball with seeing that, seeing that video. So that was pre-pump 2017. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nice. 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 Hilarious. And so, uh, yeah, continue. Yeah. Sorry, cut you off. Yeah. Then I got into Cardano. Um, uh, and then, um, yeah, after that, it also was more about like trying to learn about like uh, or, uh, how it would work because by then, uh, yeah, you couldn't, it was mainly just on, on theory. Um, and I just really liked that and that research first uh, approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no, uh, nothing to be built on it uh, yet. They were just building all the, the, the theory behind basically. Um, uh, and with all the, the white papers and Ouroboros and, um, uh, and yeah, all the, the white papers that they continuously kept on, uh, putting out, um, yeah. that until, well, last year, uh, and then, uh, when, uh, you could actually start, uh, testing, uh, being part of the, the, uh, the tests, uh, group for um, starting your own stake pool stake so pool. then i got an interest then then so i did that um and then you could uh, with a merry hard fork start also building uh, or creating tokens and then i thought yeah th- then it got more and more interesting now you can start doing things yeah yeah interesting so you were first exposed to crypto or bitcoin 2014 and you were say in a nutshell, you were you're a bit of a Bitcoin fudder back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were putting some Bitcoin fud back in 2040, but that is understandable considering how uh, massive this technology is and and how drastically this blockchain can change the world. When you first come across an idea like that, it's like maybe okay, cool idea, but like like how is this actually going to turn into something tangible and because I remember I I first learned about that. I can't remember the year, uh, but I was I learned about Bitcoin when I was at a share house while I was at uni. And we're talking about it. We're like, oh, this is such an interesting idea. We were like, oh, let's buy some. And we we kind of quickly hopped on our computer and tried to, I think we would have just been a very vague Google about how to do it. And we just came to the conclusion that it was too difficult. So we didn't. Um, <laughs> But again, obviously hindsight, stupid decision. But it's funny how things play out. So then you first learn about Ethereum and the smart contracts, which is a kind of a very different approach compared to, to Bitcoin. And then you stumbled upon Cardano and the, the whiteboard video, which sold me. Um, very, very interesting. I love hearing these stories about how people get into the space and, um, and also why they pick Cardano because Cardano is like a very is unique in the sense that it's a very research driven um, scientific based approach. And that obviously appeals to a certain type of person. Um, but coming pivoting to maybe more specifically Cardax from a high level first, and then we can break it down. What is Cardax? Uh, so Cardax is a, in simple, is a, uh, a decentralized uh, exchange uh, built on Cardano. So where you can, um, as, uh, as opposed to a centralized exchange like uh, Coinbase or, or Binance, for example, where you uh, have to, um, where you give your, uh, your, well, you're not in control all the time of your, uh, of your keys. Um, then in, in this case, uh, then uh, it's a non, non-custodial. So it's uh, uh, like if somebody has uh, had the experience of uh, trading on Uniswap, it's very similar. It's 
pretty much the same, but now for Cardano native uh, tokens. So then you're uh, in short, uh, basically what happens is that uh, you have your tokens, whatever that uh, native token is, or ADA, let's say in your Daedalus uh, wallet or Euro, for example, then that, that uh, and if you want to go to the platform and trade it for another uh, native token, then um, then that uh, token never leaves your um, your wallet, basically your. Uh, so until the moment that the, the smart contract is, is the one that uh, does the, the trade. So the, you're not uh, sending your tokens to uh, a centralized uh, exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of problems, what, say so from a general point of view, what problems are decentralized exchanges solving in general, but then getting more specific, what problems are you specifically trying to solve with uh, Cardax and your unique kind of product? So in, in, in general, more like on the decentralized exchanges, I think like um, uh, the problem that they're solving is uh, mainly that for people that uh, don't want to uh, send their tokens to um, to a centralized exchange, then, then that exposes you to more um, risks because uh, uh, it could be that the, that exchange uh, gets hacked, or it could be that the exchange also uh, shuts down. Uh, in the case of uh, like the big exchanges, like. Uh, Binance, for example, then uh, that's highly unlikely because of the, they already became so big. But there are plenty of like uh, smaller um, exchanges that are also the if you send them your tokens, then they're not in your control anymore. Um, uh, so in that's for the decentralized exchanges. What they come here to to fix in in that is that uh, you don't have to uh, trust somebody else uh, and which is the whole point of uh, decentralized uh, uh, applications that that the, you're all, all the time in control of your assets and that's uh, the main thing for that decentralized exchange uh, uh, come here to to help now there's also uh, space for for both uh, uh, then uh, decentralized exchange is also a, a bit more uh, required a bit more uh, technical um, uh, knowledge for people that uh, that have the uh, in this case uh, um, a wallet like the Delalus or Yoro, uh, and then it's easier if you just go to uh, Coinbase, for example. It's very uh, the the UX is very simple, and then and that brings a lot of the uh, uh, new users to to that as well. So it's a bit of uh, both. Probably those users after a while also start looking at also uh, at privacy and or, or how to control their own uh, transactions. So yeah. far, it until uh, a couple of years ago, that uh, wasn't a thing uh, until uh, DEXs, until Uniswap came along. Uh, there, there were a, a couple of um, uh, examples, but it didn't explode as much as uh, Uniswap uh, did. Um, so that made it a bit more mainstream within, still w- within the crypto universe. Um, and in the case of uh, Cardax, um, yeah, what we're trying to do is like uh, what makes it more, um, what we're bringing to the table is to do uh, what uh, you could do with the ERC-20 tokens on uh, and trade them on, on Uniswap. Uh, then uh, you could do now that part with Cardano native tokens. Um, and uh, for the ones that don't know, since uh, this year uh, in uh, the Mary hard fork uh, allowed anybody to create a, a Cardano native token. So you could create your uh, uh, your Bob token, for example, or, or, or um, Alice uh, token. 
um, and then also bring those to um, uh, a decentralized exchange to to trade. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned one benefit as a, from a general point of view of a decentralized exchange is that you have complete uh, control and and ownership of your money, your your wallet, and everything like that. It's um, the decisions you make as it's like this level of accountability is kind of all in you. But as a kind of flip side to that, there is potentially a bit of risk as well involved with that. So to play to play devil's advocate, what are some um, things that people need to be aware of, I guess, when they are working in this, this space of decentralized finance and decentralized exchanges? Like, are there any potential um, things that we need to be particularly careful about when people are entering this space, especially for the first time? Like, do you have mm -hmm. any words of advice for those sorts of people? Yeah, I think like uh, one thing that uh, as um, um, people that are, uh, if you want to trade on a, on a platform, uh, probably at the, be, uh, the, the main difference, uh, that's the main um, reason why uh, centralized exchanges are still here and they're so strong still, is because of liquidity. Uh, what you don't want to have is uh, that you go and then you put a, an order or you want to uh, sell your token and then you have to just wait and wait until the, then um, the order happens. And then uh, sometimes uh, in some exchanges that takes uh, even days. Um, so that's the part that uh, centralized exchanges have been so good in, uh, or especially a, a few that with um, big liquidity, like the ones I was just talking about, like uh, Uniswap or um, uh, Coinbase and the, uh, Kraken, for example, and others. Um, and on a national level, of course, there are many uh, in, uh, specific uh, as well here in, in, in Europe, there are others in, in, in Asia and in Latin America, they're all mainly centralized. And they're, they're, as I said, like the, the plus of that is the, they bring usually liquidity, deep liquidity, so that you put an order and then you quickly get your uh, token to, to sell or to buy. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that uh, the indexes still have to get good in. Um, and that's something that we're focusing on on Cardax um, because what we think is on on the one hand is it's not just having uh, the platform where you can go and trade. It also needs to give you uh, enough liquidity. And usually we get the, the question of there are many DEXs that are planning to launch on, on Cardano and what is the main differentiation of Cardax. And then we usually say it's, it's that we're focusing on liquidity first, second, and third, um, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, the the user experience is a given. Uh, we're already, um, yeah, I think it has to be in the case of Uniswap, it was so simple. Um, and so then we already count on, on uh, a user experience like that in our platform. But we also think, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, we're traders, uh, people that go uh, on the platform, um, that you want to, um, you can have a, a very beautiful uh, platform out there, but if you, if you as a user cannot sell your token or it takes a long time, then it becomes also annoying. Uh, mm -hmm. And so then we want to make sure that uh, there's enough liquidity for, uh, for you when you go there that you can sell or buy your, your tokens. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned um, a point of difference for Cardax is your emphasis on solving the liquidity problem. So can we focus on that for a bit and break down maybe your strategies to um, solve that problem? So uh, you mentioned is priority one, two, and three. What? How are you kind of um, really 
solving that liquidity problem through Cardax? Like what are your unique ways of doing that, I guess? Yep, sure. And um, before I get into that also, uh, I have to explain also then the, the, um, the concept of liquidity providers. Um, okay, yep. To, um, in the, for the ones that uh, don't know that in, in uh, DEX, you can become a liquidity provider. So that means that if you have token A and B, um, let's say you have 1,000 tokens, uh, Bob token, and um, uh, let's say uh, 500 ADA, you create a pair, uh, a pool, uh, and then you are the, uh, the market maker there. You created uh, that market. That's why it's called the uh, AMM, Automated Market Maker Model. Uh, so the, those as a liquidity provider, then uh, why would you give your uh, your tokens to the the platform? We actually don't give them; uh, it you're still in control, but you put them there. Um, it's because you get paid uh, a percentage of every transaction that happens in the in, in that pool. Um, in in this case, it's a zero point three percent in the case of uh, Cardinals. Zero point three percent of all the the transactions in that pool uh, go. They go back to the the people that uh, added liquidity for that specific pool. So um, that's one thing in the, on the concept of a liquidity provider. Uh, and then on the other thing of what we plan to do, and then and then um, what we think it's important that is that from day one, when you go to the platform, is that you see a few of those pools uh, on on the platform already with enough liquidity. Um, so what we're doing is uh, we are. Uh, partnering with a, a few um, teams that are going to launch the, the tokens uh, as well, uh, a, a few projects on, on Cardano. Uh, and then what we're doing is that uh, together with them, we're setting up a, a pool uh, with, let's say, ADA uh, and, uh, yeah, pop token to use yeah, the same example. Yep. Uh, and, and then we make sure that we allocate um, liquidity to that pool. And then the way we do that is, um, um, and that's a part also that uh, why we did a, a pre-sale, not only for within, in late uh, um, May, we did a, a pre-sale to um, finance the, the development and um, uh, of, uh, of the platform and um, also to do marketing and other things. But uh, now we're doing also in, uh, in August uh, a public sale. And then the main use of the funds will be uh, to uh, create liquidity for the, the platform. So what we'll be doing is to take the big part of the, those funds and create liquidity pools uh, uh, together with the, those teams. So then when you go there, uh, then as a user and uh, for the, the first time, you don't go to a platform that uh, uh, has uh, no liquidity pools or one or just only one or two, or has liquidity pools, but those um, pools are not liquid enough. So that they don't add, just to um, to explain, they're not big enough the, the pools. So yeah. you would have to wait still. Uh, that's the main approach that we're we're taking now, also to uh, allocate the uh, the resources that we're gonna get from, uh, and we have got already to uh, creating the the pools on the on the platform yeah okay can we on your website you mentioned that you guys your dex is a eam so i know amm is automated money maker and that is pretty much built upon the the liquidity providers as you're talking about before <coughs> yeah. there there are a couple of different ways that a dex can be structured you could have like an order book type of dex you could have an amm but how does the eamm 
differ from those two and um, maybe expand a bit on your rationale for choosing a EAM versus the other ones and yeah. maybe, maybe define what an EAM is as well. Sure. That uh, EAM stands for Extended Automated Market Maker. And um, what uh, the thinking behind was uh, in a classic uh, uh, automated market maker, you have like the, the model that we just uh, discussed, and then you have like the liquidity providers and the, the traders. And um, yeah, and then you have to, um, on the one hand, when you're a liquidity provider, you have to uh, come up with a, with a ratio of um, um, two different tokens. So in some cases that are, uh, that's one of the problems that uh, we want to eventually uh, solve um, is that in order to become a liquidity provider, sometimes it's a bit expensive because you also would need the, the amount of, let's say, ADA in this case, exactly yeah. the other one. Uh, so what we want to do is uh, to be able to come up with a, um, a, a part of the, of, the, of the protocol that uh, will tell uh, people you don't have to have uh, 50-50 um, you can just uh, provide maybe less of this one and, and then more of the other one. And the way we would do that uh, is um, well, that there are different ways to that we explore to uh, fix that that problem. Uh, one of the the most efficient ones uh, was to, to give the the pricing to the the taker. So then uh, you don't have like um, you can set up a, a price, uh, then the um, and then it that's a, a given always then the other uh the other part is also uh, more of um what um uniswap in version three have done also then uh, you can also set up the, the price within that curve that you're willing to to sell and, and also you don't have to uh give um uh, 50 and 50. um another way is also to uh with the help of um uh, of uh, oracles is to come up with a, a price that is uh, um, taken also, so you can you don't need to have put 50-50, but then, then the price is not given only by the algorithm that says uh, the that balances both, but also you take uh, external uh, data points from a, an oracle, for example. So if they coin, uh, and this wouldn't uh, work immediately for small ones because uh, then uh, then there's not much more than the. the the Oracle can uh, look at uh, up there, but uh, mm. once your your um, your coin or your token grows and then it's in different exchanges as well, then the, then we can look at the with that Oracle and the, what are the prices in other exchanges as well, and provide a, a similar um, price to to this without you having to create uh, the, do the 50-50. 50-50. Um, um, and yeah, that's um, it. It won't start. Uh, from day one like that but that's uh, the uh, the aim of the EA, protocol um, working the main, yeah exactly one for two reasons actually one is that it's it's complicated if it's uh, um um yeah we on the one hand we're we're just starting with the with the decks and then we taking the approach of like the most to start with the most simple one and build on on top of that the most uh, simple, um, not only uh, user experience, but also the, uh, from a development uh, experience, um, and also then uh, yeah. On the other hand, when the when um, a pool is very new, it's difficult also to to create the, that with a, a pool that is just uh, 
brand brand new and it's not very the token is not very hasn't it's not listed on on other exchanges for example um but then as long as uh, the community grows and then those uh, projects grow in market cap as well, then they'll be uh, listed on other exchanges. And then we we have more data points where we can uh, also look at, a, at a, a real price, market price. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So um, yeah, I, I, as a general idea, I like it when people agree kind of focus on the fundamentals of something first get that rock solid and then they can kind of build on top of that later but it's i like that you're working on that particular um thing about like if someone is wanting to provide li liquidity to a pool um and you at the moment it's like you have to do it at a ratio of one to one that is a bit of friction there um yeah. and there is also a problem of impermanent loss that i Maybe I'd like you to uh, have a go at defining a bit later on for those that aren't familiar with what that means. But if you, if there is a solution where you can provide liquidity, where it's not a one-to-one -one thing, does that mitigate at all impermanent loss in some way? Is that potentially some way of resolving or like lessening the the negative impact of impermanent loss? If if you could provide liquidity at a at a not one-to-one -one type thing. If that makes yeah. sense, it yeah. doesn't um, fully uh, fix the the problem, but uh, it, it goes in in, the, in that uh, direction. Yeah. Okay. And so, if it can potentially mitigate impermanent loss, which is a good thing because that's currently um, a potential negative for liquidity providers at the moment. Um, but for those that don't know what impermanent loss is, can you have a go at maybe defining uh, uh, as best as you can what impermanent loss is? Yeah, sure. So with what we discussed uh, then, when you're a liquidity provider, you need a ratio of one to to one. So in in very uh, simple terms, uh, then uh, the impermanent loss uh, is when when you create uh, that uh, that pair, uh, you have ADA and your own token, right? Um, then it could be that uh, in that ADA um, compare one of the two tokens uh, loses. Uh, uh, um, and loses value compared to the other one or to the market in in a well and then uh, then you you would be end up with a with a lower value of ADA in this case for example in the in the future um, so that's something that you also don't want to um, avoid as a um, as a liquidity provider um, that's in very simplistic uh, yeah. terms. Yeah. So when you when you add liquidity to a pool, you have to add it at a ratio of one to one. So that could be a hundred ADA and a hundred of some other token. But if while it's that liquidity is in there, if any of those prices change, your liquidity tokens are always going to be at 50-50. So if you were to withdraw that and the price of ADA has maybe increased and the other token has decreased. When you withdraw, it's still got to be at a ratio of 50-50. Um, yeah. At a, at a ratio of 50-50. So um, that is something that, like, when I first um, learned about kind of DeFi and was researching it about researching about it, and um, when I was first looking at it, I was looking at Uniswap and I was also looking at uh, Pancake Swap as well. And you see these high like APRs uh, on these uh, LP tokens. But then there isn't necessarily a lot of information around the risk associated with that as well. So 
something to be aware of uh, for people that are entering this space. And if you're listening to this podcast, um, a lot of people may not be exposed to this risk yet because there aren't any products you use at the moment. So just keep that in mind. Um, I'd love to talk about... That's a good point. Uh, yeah. yeah, you go. You go. And then, um, then um, th yeah, it's a very good um, point because it's... Um, yeah, I've experienced that myself in Uniswap um, uh, as well, but not creating uh, uh, my own uh, um, pool, but adding uh, uh, to an existing pool. Um, yeah, and then uh, exactly that's something that we want to avoid. The good thing is that because we're taking, in this case, the approach of not being only the, the, pro the platform, uh, but also being an actively uh, ourselves uh, liquidity providers, that we have a financial incentive to fix that problem uh, <laughs> because it's also for, uh, yeah, we have, uh, uh, it's in our best uh, financial interest uh, as well to fix it. And then therefore it's fixed for the- Benefits uh, everything the else as well. as well and everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd like to talk about is um, governance. So when we talk about DeFi, from my point of view, if you want to classify yourself as being like a DeFi protocol, there really needs to be some sort of governance uh, aspect built into that. So do you have a plan for some like some sort of community government governance within Cardax? And what does that look, look like, if so? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so would we... Um, so. What happens uh, usually in um, or what will happen when the the platform uh, goes live is that uh, we talked before about the the payments to the the liquidity providers, right? And that's a 0 .0, uh, 0 0.3 percent, sorry. And um, in total, uh, what's discounted on every transaction on the on the platform is a 0 0.35 uh, percent, and from that. Uh, 0 0.3 goes to the liquidity providers and 0 0.05 goes to the Cardax treasury. And what we're doing with that, that treasury is uh, uh, that that uh, will be um, more um, becoming more and more a decentralized uh, treasury. Uh, and the, uh, so with the, this, the CDX uh, token uh, holders uh, will be able to um, uh, say what happens with uh, the funds that will yeah, be in the, the treasury. Um, ideally, those funds will be uh, will uh, increase, so there's more money to create uh, new pools or to create uh, or to back up other projects. Or um, at the end of the day, yeah, that would depend on the uh, on what the the community of the the CDX token holders uh, would uh, would um, right bring us to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's there's a treasury, or there's a plan for there to be a treasury, and would that be like in a similar way to the treasury in Cardano? Like, is it a very kind of similar type? Thing? Yeah, very similar. Actually, we're taking that that uh, approach from Cardano from the the white paper uh, yeah. about the um, the um, the um, yeah from Ouroboros actually, uh, and then um, we're looking at uh, also what uh, they've done in on project uh, catalyst uh, also to fund uh, projects that run on that um so it's um we have to see something that makes sense also for for us because at the beginning uh, of course cardano is more the uh, um the platform where you can build and on cardex at the moment is just uh, is at least the initial version it would be only a, a dex so we wouldn't have something that you could uh, build on on uh, on the version one at least 
So then we would have the the nature of that uh, that um, uh, of that uh, community driven um, uh, treasury would be different, and then we would have to discuss also with the other uh, token holders of uh, what is the the most uh, on the one hand the what would benefit the whole community the most um, if if we don't have the the option to build on top of uh, of Cardax uh, or uh, what are the other ways that uh, we can also bring uh, value to the uh, to the whole Cardax uh, ecosystem? Some other things is also creating other tools that will will create a value as well. Yeah, uh, you mentioned also um, Pancake uh, Swap. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very good in also in, in creating the uh, yield farming and and uh, they also create uh, these weekly lotteries or like they get they made the uh, they gamified uh, the whole process. So then yeah. it's something. Else. It's quite interesting what they've done. I think yeah. they've done a pretty good job, to be honest, uh, in terms of yeah, yeah. how they're approaching it. Um, so you say so you know that the treasury is is. Um, you kind of uh, were, uh, what do you call it? You took how Cardano did it as inspiration from their white paper. But obviously the treasury is going to be slightly different in terms of how you use that treasury because Cardano is different to Cardex. But ultimately the community is going to vote and decide on how that money is used. But from you as a founder, have you thought about maybe possibilities around what that, com- that money could be useful? Like have you had any ideas about like for me, um, just like Project Catalyst in a way is kind of like a launch pad that you're funding projects in order to turn that idea into something real. Yeah, have you had any ideas about what this treasury could be used for? Like, could there be um, some sort of like launch pad involved where people could use that, fund, that money to invest into projects and then the community, the token holders get it. I, I don't know. Have you thought about that? Because that's quite a fun kind of idea. This yeah. I love these treasury ideas. It's, it's such a powerful thing, really. Yeah, there's something also that, that uh, we already started uh, discussing with the community in our Discord. And uh, a, a lot of the um, suggestions are also uh, for creating something like uh, like what, what you mentioned, a launchpad, for example, uh, where you could create uh, and make sense because it's also then in the same uh, um, environment. There's also projects that uh, want to launch a uh, 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 token. They, they get also to the uh, to potential investors that are already in the platform, and they can also um, sell their their token once it's uh, live in the same platform. Uh, and from our Garlax perspective, it's also interesting because then uh, they say another use case for the CDX uh, token. Um, then also the other things that we have also discussed in the community is more about um, marketing uh, driven uh, activities that could be uh, from the treasury. Uh, we could, instead of doing as all the marketing also to do some part of more of uh, giving it to um, uh, influencers uh, that could be uh, also get paid part of, of that uh, of that treasury to uh, do reviews or, or to um, discuss about the project or something that benefits the, the project uh, itself as well. So that's also in the best interest of the uh, token holders. Uh, and, and so then, in, then we have a uh, different, uh, a big array of uh, um, possibilities that, uh, that we could be using those funds for and, and not just only the, the most uh, 
straightforward one, which is like just putting it back to the, the liquidity pools, which we will also do, but not all of that. Yeah. Uh, you kind of touched on it there, but since we're talking about the token now, can we go a bit more into detail around the token? Uh, maybe we can start with the utility of the token. So you mentioned there's like a governance aspect. Um, if someone wants to buy this token, uh, why would they, I guess, and what, what, value do they get from owning that token? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, so then uh, the token is called the CDX token. It's the, as you mentioned, the utility token of the Cardex platform uh, that on the one hand, uh, you get uh, paid in the, you can earn uh, tokens as uh, when you become a liquidity provider, you get paid in the CDX token. That's one of the utilities. Um, the other one is uh, what we were just uh, talking about. Uh, uh, you also get to participate in the governance of the uh, of the protocol, um, and there what we have as also an idea is to increase the the options uh, the the utilities of the the token. So what we were just discussing is a, a potential launchpad that that goes into that direction as well, um, and yeah, some other. Um, uh, potentially also looking at ways of uh, staking uh, as well. So then uh, you can have more, um, you can get something out of the, the tokens without having to um, uh, sell it. Um, that's something also that we're looking uh, uh, at um, on how to get the, the token at, at the moment. Uh, we did a, um, a pre-sale in um, a few months ago. And then now in, uh, in August, we'll be doing a um, public sale. So we will be uh, posting all the, the details for anybody that wants to participate in the public sale. Uh, you can just go to cardax.io and then, uh, or just follow us in, uh, on, on Twitter at, uh, at cardaxdex. Uh, and then uh, we'll be posting everything um, re related to the, the specifics of the, the token sale okay. in the coming so days. Yeah. Okay. So you haven't shared details of the of what that public sale process looks like yet, but you will be sharing that uh, in the next few days. So people just kind of um, follow you guys on social media, keep an eye out on your website, and all the information will be shared there. Yeah, we're uh, in, we're now in the moment of uh, in the. Um, um, Part of the process where we're already uh, creating the the specific landing page with all the questions and and on and all the terms and how much would be uh, uh, that uh, uh, the the token would cost uh, all the tokenomics uh, and so then when you go there you will see everything in one page uh, all the information that you need and also from there you can ask us uh, directly on on our Discord. Yeah, so you did the private sale earlier in May and then so you're doing another public sale uh, in August. Can we talk about the, the tokenomics of Cardax? So how many tokens of the CDX token are there and how is that divvied, divvied up in terms of distributing it out, in, out there into the universe? Like how many tokens are going to the private sale, the public sale, to liquidity, to the team? Can you just briefly talk about the, the tokenomics of Cardex, of the CDX token? Sure. Um, so we have uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the total supply 
It's one billion uh, CDX tokens uh, that it was uh, has been already minted, um, and uh, it, then uh, we won't mint more in the in the future. So what we have is uh, this is it. Uh, we won't be minting more in the in the future. Um, a lot of the questions that we have got is also if we will be burning the uh, tokens, um, and then the short answer is uh, at least now no, there is no plan to burn uh, tokens. Um, and in terms of uh, how is the division, um, it's for the the team and and advisors. Uh, there's a twenty five percent of the the tokens, and there's a two years investing period. Um, and also for for the uh, the specifics uh, will change also now in the on the public sale. So what I, I uh, if I give you one number is more it's likely to to change. That will remain the twenty five percent of the team. And uh, but uh, as uh, we go on the to the public sale, the the specifics on the tokenomics might slightly change. So what I suggest to all the, the viewers and and listeners is just to, to go to our website uh, and uh, then you'll be able to see exactly the uh, the distribution um, once we we publish it in the next uh, the next days. Yeah. Yeah. So if they want to learn more about that, they can go to your website and also uh, people want to get their hands on some CDX token, keep an eye out for the public sale, which will be happening. Uh, well, we're still in July, aren't we? So next month, so yeah. August in August, towards the end of yeah. August, like as a, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Probably will be like, uh, we don't know specifically the date, but probably the yeah, second half of uh, August. Second half. In, in- okay. So not August one. So towards the end of August, yeah. August, so we've towards, got a bit of time to to prepare yeah. for that. Yeah, and we will be communicating uh, that on the also the 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 days. So then this it's not a surprise to people that uh, they couldn't participate because it was too short. Um, so uh, then we'll be also saying that on the on our social media beforehand, so they yeah. have time to prepare and all that. So. And yeah, maybe we can also leave it if if you allow us. Maybe we can deliver a, a link to the our website also in the description. Yes, definitely. All the links, whatever links you want, we'll check it in the description down here somewhere. Um, people don't get that if they're listening, but I'm pointing down to the buyer. Um, okay, cool. I love it. I love it. Okay, and I'll, I'll personally be keeping an eye on that public sale as well. Um, for the um so you've shared some some good ideas and and i like the problems that you're trying to solve and i like your unique solutions to the problems but who is the team behind this so who's the team behind that is responsible for turning these ideas into something that is has real world value yeah it's a good um point um so in the the team we have what we did is a kind of a hybrid uh, uh, strategy. So then we have our internal team um, composed with, uh, we started first with uh, the UI and, and UX of uh, the platform. So we have a um, graphic designer that has experience on, uh, yes, experience in, on that. And um, an infrastructure engineer as well um, uh, in the team and uh, um, blockchain um developers that has finished the Plutus Pioneers uh, program. Um, <clears throat> and on top of that, also, we're working uh, with our technical partners, uh, which is a, a company based out of the Ukraine. 
that, that has uh, years of experience in, in Haskell. So we're working together with them on uh, um, the whole part of the, the process, not only the, the blockchain side of things, but also working together with them, going back and forth on the designs uh, with them and uh, to the, the creation of the smart contracts and, and testing and, and all that. Um, so it's a bit of um, both. And at the moment, uh, uh, the, um, when people go to the, our website, it looks like a very small team because it doesn't show the, the real team, the extended team uh, as well. So then uh, what we're going to do is uh, probably if you go there by, uh, by the time that the public sale is already available, you should be able to see the complete team. And and um, yeah, what we did also then maybe something also interesting to um, for people to to know is that we thought we're learning a lot with uh, um, from um, uh, Pluto's perspective. Uh, we're learning a lot also from a, a community management perspective uh, as well, marketing. So then. Um, we thought it makes sense, uh, and it's so much uh, so interesting uh, the uh, building on on Cardano for, because there's so many things that could be uh, uh, decentralized. That uh, then what we did is uh, we um, created a, a company called uh, Quant Labs, and then uh, the company is uh, is uh, the one that is uh, developing the um, so kind of like what think of, of IOH. K is for, for Cardano. In this case, we have created a, a research and development uh, company uh, to first uh, use Cardex as our first um, uh, and flagship um, product to really learn from, from it uh, and then see what other things can we also build on top of, uh, of Cardano. Mm. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, one cool thing, so on your website, if, if people go and, and check that out, you'll see at the very top that uh, Cardex was the first DEX to, to win funding on Project Catalyst. Uh, so firstly, kudos for that. Um, I voted Thanks. for that yeah. as well, by the way. Um, but for those that are, because Project Catalyst is such a, like an amazing tool. It's, yep. as, as we mentioned earlier, we have this Cardano treasury and then we have this beautiful system where uh, people can submit ideas and then the community can vote on the ideas that they like and then that idea can actually receive funding to turn that into something real, which is huge. Like it doesn't get uh, the credit that it deserves, I, I think personally. Um, but for, for people out there that are looking to submit, submit ideas, uh, and as someone that has gone through that process and was successful, do you have any tips uh, and tricks or advice for people that are looking to submit a, an idea on Project Catalyst, like as a general um, idea? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the, the main tip is um, be really specific on what, you, uh, what your proposal is. Uh, so um, sometimes uh, and in... What I see in, in many projects in, uh, in Catalyst is that you see like this huge break of uh, just words. Uh, and then uh, so it's also important uh, that people understand what you have in your proposal if you want people to vote for you. So if you're planning to uh, put a proposal in fund five or six or, or the coming ones, uh, what I would focus is uh, look for um, uh, first that the, the, the the, the idea is interesting enough for people to to vote, but also um, that you explain it well. Uh, and so explain it also with bullet points, uh, try to be really 
try to find a, a balance between being um, simple in explaining, but also not that simple that people think that yeah, this is very basic. Uh, so just if you have a, a really interesting idea, you could um, create a very long um, proposal, but it has to be very well structured and easy to to read because otherwise people won't go, uh, won't read it. Uh, and then you won't get the votes. And then if you don't get the votes, you don't get the funds. So you have to also uh, uh, take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be digestible and needs to be yeah, exactly. easily understood. So if people submit the idea, the, the problem that you're solving needs to be clear. The solution needs to be clear because everything needs to be clear and, and digestible, which makes sense. I mean, um, if you submitted an idea, like you could be so um, inspired about this, how are you going to change the world? But that really needs to be packaged in a way that people can understand that dream and make sense of that dream. So, um, yeah, exactly. And yeah. also be um, responsive on the comments. Uh, when you, whenever you see a, a comment uh, and on idea scale, you get an email and notification. So uh, whenever you get the email, just go right away and then write the, uh, an answer to that comment because uh, people see that, uh, future voters see that or users in general see that. So then if you see a um, um, proposal that has a lot of uh, comments uh, that haven't been uh, answered uh, from the um, person that put the proposal, then um, you might think, well, then it's not that important for them. They just want the, the money and probably they won't build it afterwards. And then it builds trust when you, uh, when you answer every single of the, the comments of the, the users. Yeah, good tip. It, it's, yeah, it shows that you're very like, invested in that idea uh, and that it's, the idea is active. Like I know uh, this is not necessarily Project Catalyst, but like crypto in general, you, you could have a, a project and then on their Telegram or their Twitter, they could go days and days and days without any updates. Um, and yeah. obviously, if you're invested in that product, you're like, is this still alive? Like what happened? And um, just to show some respect to you, I reached out to you on Project Catalyst on the, the message function and you are so quick to reply. And you're in a position now where you're building something out and you must be extremely busy, but you still took the time to um, reply and reply really quickly. So um, you're definitely leading by example on that particular tip. So yeah, definitely a big respect for that. And also for people out there that are looking, looking to connect with people in the space, um, obviously you can connect on social media and you can message, you can email, but you can also reach out to people on Project Catalyst that may not have a social media profile yet. And there is an option to connect to connect with people there. So just a little, a little tip there as well. Yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah. We're, we're going to be closing up the podcast shortly, but is there anything that we haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about? Um, no, I think we covered like almost, uh, everything, if not everything, um, that we wanted to, and, and, um, probably more questions will come also. So then, uh, then, uh, if for your viewers, then they can just ask them, uh, um, uh, directly on our discord or on, on, or on, on Twitter. And then we're always very responsive there as well. <clears throat> yeah. We understand also that it's something really new. So then that's a, a lot of, uh, of uh, questions on how does it work and, and uh, uh, about that. So then, uh, yeah, we're always um, welcome 
any questions on, on our social media uh, channels. Yeah. So on the social media side, for, um, for those that want to connect with your, your project and um, learn more about it and get involved in some way, how can they, how can they do that? How can they connect with Cardex? Yeah, and probably the best way is, is Discord uh, because then, then uh, on, on Twitter, sometimes you, you tweet something, you get the, the official answer, uh, we will respond. The great thing of, uh, of um, Discord is that you get also then the answers of the other guys that are uh, in the community. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so Discord. And then you're also on Twitter as well. Um, any other social media platforms? Um, no, we're starting now also a um, YouTube channel, but maybe just to inform our um, community on what are the uh, um, advantages. And and, and, exactly. Yeah, because Discord is the main one. And um, yeah, Discord is really good because like you mentioned, you're not getting this um, official response on Twitter. You're, uh, you're really interact. You're getting responses and feedback from the community because everyone's just there. Yeah, everyone's everyone's commenting and putting them, giving their input, which is which is good for everyone. Um, okay, final question. It's a general question. Um, just a general Cardano question. What inspires you? Or what what excites you the most? Sorry, what excites you the most about the future of Cardano? I think the the most exciting thing is uh, that uh, you can. Uh do things in a much different way without having to uh, trust uh, an, uh, a central entity. Uh, and we could talk about uh, specifically about disrupting the financial sector, but I think it's much bigger than, than that. It's also, it's, it's about being able to um, uh, do a, uh, things on a peer to peer basis. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's on now the, the, it, it's, starts with the more uh, payments uh, side of things, but it, it grows into something much bigger that uh, who knows where, where it's bringing us. And I think that's the most interesting thing that, that um, um, me and many others also got interested at the beginning, mainly like what I said at the beginning of the podcast about uh, um, the, the ADA only about like, what is the, the other project? What is the coin? And then you get uh uh, the whole uh, Cardano story, and I think it also it's so interesting the the what could happen in the future more from a, uh, that perspective than then the, the price of the the ADA token becomes not irrelevant but like uh, much uh, um, less important than uh, w- all these projects that are running uh, out there and all also the all the opportunities. Yeah, beautiful answer. So at the moment, a big focus is is DeFi, but in terms of how crypto can disrupt all the industries of the world, the financial system, which is obviously a very important system, and it has very uh, uh, a lot of flaws currently. Crypto can disrupt that, but it can disrupt so many different things, and we don't necessarily know what those things are, but we know that it's got to disrupt a lot and. And even that kind of mystery around the benefits is kind of exciting for me as well. Like we know it's going to change the world. We don't exactly know what that's going to look like, but even that in itself is kind of quite interesting and quite exciting. Yeah. And and I think also the combination between the the new technology that is out there that we can just uh, use 
that also enables the the social part, like what you uh, just see now in Project Catalyst, for example. You don't know where where it's gonna go. Uh, you know that you're funding uh, this uh, this uh, projects, but you don't know where this other projects will uh, go on. So, it, so it's it goes like this, uh, and and many many of them will do something really different, and it's not, not re- disrupting the the financial sector, but something completely different. Uh, maybe somebody. And even the, in the financial sector now, we're talking about like um, DEXs and and also and liquidity providers and and um, uh, uh, yield farming. But also, it's a huge uh, uh, within the that also the financial sector. Uh, it would be a huge uh, uh, advance if a company built on Cardano could do something like. Uh, Western Union does that they charge 11% to um, people that want to send money to their families in their countries. Uh, with this technology, you you can just completely skip that and then just uh, with a simple platform combined with the the social part that could also make it grow. Uh, you, so you do everything on a community driven style as well. Uh, that is uh, very, very interesting to, to see that and that's what excites me the, the most. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please feel free to subscribe. Uh, And also, if you like our content, then make sure to check us out on social media with the handle Cardano Source. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.